Welcome to Mighty Girls. I'm your host, Sarah, co-founder of Lava Tribe. This podcast is dedicated to girls who are achieving great things in their sports, despite the challenges that lead 55% of girls to drop out by the age of 17. Join us on our mission to keep girls moving. Welcome to Mighty Girls. Today we are in the rink, the skating rink, (laughs) with um, Harper and um, for the first time, actually, we have her coach, which is really exciting. We've got her coach, Teresa. Um, Teresa has been Harper's coach um, for seven or eight years now, so knows quite a lot about Harper and quite a lot about um, training girls, um, training kids in general, but, of course, training girls. And um, uh, from our short discussion before we started recording, um, knows what to look for, um, uh, you know, in girls that kind of can go all the way, which Harper has, and we'll talk, um, and obviously has more to go, but um, has certainly achieved lots of accolades in artistic skating. So welcome, guys. Thank you very, very much for making the time. Thank you for having Thank us. <laughs> Harper, um, we'll start, as we always do on Mighty Girls, with your story. Um, you were eight. You... Um, decided that you'd give skating a crack had you done anything beforehand and what did that look like um what led you to skating and what was your first experience um well I first started skating through our friend's birthday party in I think grade one and I really didn't like it to start with (laughs) um I just I was nervous to start anything new so um Going was a bit stressful, but once I started, I really liked it. So I um, kept going to classes with my cousin, I think, and, yeah. And here you are. So was was that around the age of, around the age of eight? I know you've been training with Teresa for that long. Was it was there much time before that? How long have you actually been skating for? Um, I think I was about seven or eight, so mm-hmm. maybe seven or eight years. Yeah. Wow. And so you've gone to the birthday party. You've yeah. found it a bit tricky. What is it that made you, were you looking for a sport to get into? Was your family keen for you to get into something? What was it that made you then go, I think even though this is hard, I'm I'm going to stick with it? Um. Well, I wasn't really looking for a sport or anything, but I like tried a lot of things like dancing and swimming and stuff like that. And it was kind of the one that stuck so I just kept going and enjoyed it and yeah fantastic fantastic and um Teresa we'll come to you in a second but I I'm always really interested with um girls who do things that uh, I mean in all sports you have to overcome fears but certainly in things like we've had Ava the climber and she has you know the big heights and the big drops I'm personally petrified of skating like petrified um how do you go from being nervous not really enjoying it you know that feeling of your feet going from under you that's just like oh my younger daughter has it as well. It's so much fun, but it's so scary. How do you, how as a, a young girl, do you have any memories of how you kind of overcame that and managed to start enjoying it? And then, Teresa, I want to ask you the same because you'd see that a lot. Um, I think the first couple of classes, it was definitely nerve-wracking, not knowing really how to do it um, and being a bit scared. But um, after I learned some of the basics, I just really started enjoying it and learning new tricks and being able to actually do something that was a bit different so yeah yeah 
And do you find that a lot, Teresa, when kids come to you, they love, really love the idea of skating but just can't get used to that feeling of, you know, that for me it's oh, my feet definitely. going from under me. Yeah, yeah. So what? How do, how do you help them overcome that? I suppose that's one thing I really enjoy about teaching skating is being able to help uh, anybody, like children, teens, adults even, try to overcome that fear uh, to show them, I suppose, that, one, they're more capable than they think they are and that, two, you know, to celebrate those little achievements, even just getting there and putting skates on is one goal in itself for people that are afraid of things like that. Mm. Um, and really making sure you take the time to make sure that they feel comfortable in what they're doing um, to try to, I suppose, overcome that fear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I really enjoy by teaching is, you know, you, some children that are really nervous, you can really see that. And I find that I personally really connect with that to try to help them overcome that. And obviously with Harper, that was successful for her. Yeah, <laughs> she yeah. She overcame yeah. that fear and stuck it out and... I just aim to do that with anybody that wants to learn. Yeah, yeah. And what what are the what are the youngest? What's the youngest age a, a kid would come to you to start to learn? To um, I actually used to teach tiny tot classes, which we had from like eighteen month olds to oh, wow. seven. Specifically, was that little class? So, um, you know, right from just not long after they've learned to walk, uh, right up to adult beginner classes. So, wow. a whole wide age range. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. I love the idea of a little yeah. 18 month old on his little skates. It's yeah. So <laughs> they have no fear. Like, well, that's the thing. They've only just learned yeah. to walk. So they're like, hey, I might yeah. as well keep going. <laughs> Brilliant. So, Harper, um, I guess now that you've been into skating for longer and it's become something a lot more competitive for you, um, can you take me through what? what's required to get to where in fact before we get to where you've gotten to let's talk about those achievements because I, I think it's important that people um understand you know just quite how established you are in skating um and I've obviously um having been following your Instagram for quite a long time seeing just how exceptional you are at your craft but um yeah if you can just share sort of some of your um achievements overall and, and maybe some of your recent ones um yeah so I think this year at um the state championships I got second um and then at nationals I came first and then from there, I skated at um, Oceanas in New Zealand just recently, where I got second for solo dance and first for figures and couples. Fantastic. That is just incredible. I knew you were accomplished. I didn't realise you were, like, travelling all over the place for it. That's really, really exciting. That must have been amazing for you, Teresa, considering how long you've been coaching Harper for. Oh, definitely. Um, she's had a fantastic year of, uh, I suppose, growth that has led to achievement, um, especially like just but consistently as well. Um, she's always had a few achievements on and off throughout the years as she's grown and, you know, moved up in the levels. Um, and this year she really just shone like, mm. and her achievements show that. So mm. very proud, very happy. I imagine it all just comes together at some point. Um, yeah, it sounds like that's obviously what's happened. Um, yeah. 
And obviously we spoke earlier and I understand that you're a world champion skater yourself. Um, how do you feel that you're, or you've skated in the world championships, I should yeah. say, sorry. <laughs> I saw a look on your face. I'm like, hmm, what am I say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you think that experience um, crafts or, or has an impact on the way you train Harper. Um, so I know um, Isabella, for example, a weightlifter that I interviewed a little while ago, um, her coach was an Olympic weightlifter as well or went to the Olympics. Um, and she was talking about, you know, his um, kind of resolve and achievements and all of that kind of thing um, are really inspirational to her. But I imagine there are things that you learn when you're on the same sort of pathway that you're bringing somebody else up through, that there would be things that you would learn that you would sort of pass on that would be really useful, particularly to deal with the pressure and all of that kind of thing. Do you find that it's helpful and there are things you've been able to pass on? Oh, Definitely. Um, I, our sport underwent a massive change in the judging system a few years back, which kept me going personally skating and competing because I really wanted to have that knowledge of skating under this new system specifically. So then I could help more with these kids that I was teaching and bringing up on this new judging system. I really wanted to have the personal experience from it. Um, and I think having that experience and traveling a lot all over the world in a lot of different competitions under different circumstances in different environments, um, I'm very lucky that I have those experiences that I can help others with now because I feel like I've done most of it mm. like personally and, you know, these things that, you know, I'm sure that when I felt when I was skating that others may feel the same way and that gives me, you know, uh, more of an ability to help them get through this because I've been through it. Yeah. If that makes any sense. No, no, it makes absolute sense. I think yeah. you, you, it's, they're the sort of exceptional situations that you wouldn't really be able to understand unless yeah. you've been in them. And Harper, do you take kind of um, confidence from that as well? Are there, you know, are there um, kind of pointers and, and tips that have helped you along the way and um, also as an extension of that, what's what's the next pathway um, on that kind of, um, would you call it like championship circuit or like co competitive circuit, um, you know, what, what comes next? Um, well, probably just aiming for um, similar results next year, just aiming to improve um, in like my performances and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I'm not 100% sure just yet. Yeah. But, Do yeah. you sort of just um, look at opportunities as they come up and then kind of decide whether or not you're going to pursue those or? Um... Um, yeah, I think just as they come up, planning ahead um, a little bit, just trying to um, see what the goals are for the year. But um, as they come up, just seeing what where I am and what I want to do as and do you yeah that makes sense particularly because when you're going through high school as well obviously there's a whole bunch of other things that you need to to juggle um that you may not even know about at the beginning of the year right and I'll ask you about that how your school kind of the flexibility that you get but um I also wanted to find out if 
sort of going all the way to the um to the world championships like Teresa did in in Spain in 2019 if that's something that's on your bucket list and how far you want to take your skating career um yeah definitely a goal to skate our world or even be like nominated for it is definitely something I want to do in the future so just trying to work towards that and is it is it would that be a pathway to a career in skating are are there careers in in skating how does is is there a professional pathway or how do you see your um kind of trajectory into the future um not so much a professional pathway but maybe um starting to coach as well would definitely be an option yeah yeah. That would be amazing, wouldn't it, being able to pass it back down again. Yeah. Um, yeah, fantastic. Um, so that um, leads me to, yeah, my next point where you were talking, we were talking about next year and all of those things um, and just how how the juggle works. So you're 16, what does that make you, year 10 going into year 11? Yeah. 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 Um, so I imagine there's already quite a lot to juggle and then obviously next year there'll be more. Um, do you get flexibility from your school? And if so, you know, how has that worked and how do you manage um, your schoolwork and your social life and all of those things? What hacks can you pass on, I guess, to other girls your age to help them fit it all in? Um, well, school does have a little bit of flexibility, especially if I need like time off for when we went to New Zealand I got um extensions on my schoolwork and stuff like that which was awesome but um I don't know trying to get everything done as soon as I get it regarding schoolwork is definitely what I try to do so that I can stay on top of everything and um knowing when I train when I have schoolwork and when I have like work as well so trying to organize everything to get as much done as I can I found that's been a really common theme actually with all the girls that I've interviewed. In fact, pretty much with no exceptions is they've all said the way that they manage it is just to, to focus on it first, just to make sure they don't put it off and to, to do it first. So it's clearly um, a very effective strategy. And yeah. you mentioned that you have work in there as well. You have a, a an after-school job as well? Um, I just work um, once a week, so about eight hours on a Sunday. Um mm-hmm which also keeps me busy. Yeah. Um, wow. But, Good on you. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Um, Teresa, I'd love to hear more um, about your progression to coaching as well because, um, you know, as, as Harper said, that's something that she would potentially look to in the future and um, that's certainly something that I've heard from other girls is, um you know once they've done you know either their olympics or you know worlds whatever the case may be that they might look at um was that something you always wanted to do was it sort of you said you started early was it just something that you fell into and kept doing like how has that looked for you and what opportunities has it presented and um take us through i guess how you've developed your coaching um business I think looking back I started coaching relatively young when I was only 14 Um, At the time, I didn't think much of it. It was just giving back, helping other kids. And then uh, as I got older and progressed and then had skaters who were progressing through higher levels at the same time, um, I just, I loved it. Like it was one of the things that kept me going back to the sport each year. 
um, was the coaching aspect of it and just being able to help others and uh, see how much better they were getting because I was helping them, you know, and that, you know, helping them through all of that. And then, you know, even now with kids like Harper, um, helping them develop the same uh, skills and stuff towards coaching. So even now we have Harper and a few of the other um, guys around the same age as her in the club helping out with classes and stuff and trying to get them learning all of that now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I hope they're enjoying it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she's smiling, so I think she is. Yeah, I think so. Um, But just, you know, it started, I suppose, as a thing, just kind of giving back a little bit to the sport, Yeah. um, especially helping out with like a learn to skate program that's not artistic skating specific. It is just a general learn to skate where anybody can come um, and helping out that way. And then just progressing them through the levels. And I just, I really enjoy that aspect of, you know, helping them and knowing that I've helped them right from the beginning. Mm. Um, yeah, it must be really satisfying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, you talked about how there were changes in the rules and the system. Does that happen often? And what sort of changes are um, made? Uh, it, this was a really big change with um, the way that the sport is judged. It makes it less... Uh, I suppose, subjective to personal opinions from judging. that's a good thing. One aspect I think that I looked at it. So Um, like a standardisation? Yeah, a little bit. Um, Our uh, scoring system is a lot similar to ice skating now, Um, very similar aspects in both. Um, With those changes came uh, changes in what you had to present when you perform your routine Um, and... Uh, which just changed the whole way that you had to put together a routine. Um, and it's, uh, I mean, there's the great aspects to it because you can, it's very clear on paper now of what marks you could get for certain elements if you achieve that level of them to get a higher mark, mm-hmm. um, which also really helps now that we get a little bit more feedback at the end of a routine, which also helps me as a coach now see, for example, what, levels Harper is getting as she skates from the judges and then knowing what parts in her routine that we need to work on to build up her score higher. Mm -hmm. Um, So the change in system has been, I think, great for the sport Um, and even better as a coach. We never used to get a lot of feedback in terms of what things could score higher um, or why you weren't getting certain marks on certain areas. Um, And now it makes it a lot easier um, as a as a coach and as a skater, I suppose to know that you know you know when you did this well, okay, this is why I got this score, or oh, if I made a mistake here, okay, that's where I lost my points. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's really hard to progress unless you have that kind of feedback, very right? Much so, so, so the change in system was amazing. Mm. And have you seen the standard of skating improve as a result? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's great. What a yeah, yeah that's a fantastic um, evolution. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, you can take um, subjectiveness out of that kind of thing. I think is is a is a great move. Very much um, so. Harper, you were talking earlier about the different types of skating, um, which you know, mere mortals like my scared of skating self <laughs> don't know. Uh, but you were saying um, there was doubles, and I think there. Well, you have to take me through them all, but. Um, what are the various different, say you're talking to somebody that's interested in getting into skating, they're your little eight-year-old self and, you know, uh, don't know anything about it and want to understand, you know, what options there might be if they were to get into skating. Um, what are the options for competing and what's involved? 
Um, so currently I do dance like solo dance, which um has two routines in it. So um I have to perform two routines that are judged separately but give me a combined score at the end. So that's like footwork and spins and stuff like that. Um and then I also did couples this year. So that's pretty much like two routines I had to skate um with a partner as well. Um and then there's also free skating which is more like jumps and spins and like all those kind of elements. And then um I also do figures which is more technical where I follow um circles on the ground and do like turns and um different stuff like that trying to focus on edges and technique of what I'm doing wow so that's really varied isn't it so there's a lot to cover and how so wow that's a lot for you to have to be across as well Teresa um when you're looking at the kind of technical elements as opposed to then learning the choreography for the dance and um, then learning, I guess, different choreography again for the doubles, how how do you manage to delineate between all the different styles? I, I, imagine, I imagine they all work together, obviously, having all the technical stuff from the figure and all of that kind of stuff, but isn't it just a lot to remember? Um, yeah, it is definitely a lot to remember, but um, that's why I guess why I've trained so much to try and separate things and get better at like knowing the difference between them and being able to um, differentiate between like what I have to do for couples compared to what I have to do for solo and then what I have to do for figures, I guess, as well. So Yeah, and, and so how many days a week of training does it, require for you to be able to master all of those um well right now I do I think three to four days of training on skates and one day off skates so like fitness Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the days where you're on skates how long are you in the ring for um ring 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 yeah yeah k or g rink yeah okay that's what I thought yeah (laughs) thank you (laughs) um I think anywhere between two and maybe four hours I guess but that's like including lessons and classes and individual training as well so you must be so fit (laughs) yeah yeah wow yeah (laughs) that is impressive (laughs) Teresa for you because you said they're one-on-one lessons you must be so busy if you've got a couple of students like Harper and she's doing three to four hours that many times a a week it's a really big commitment from you isn't it yeah so I don't even know where to start (laughs) (laughs) yes it is obviously you I work uh, very closely with a few other coaches at the club that Harper and I are at and we help all the skaters by offering classes for all of them three days a week, three separate days. Uh, we work all together so that the and then between us we have all different children that we give private lessons to as well, which is one-on-one. Sometimes we do little mini group ones with two or three of them in a class at once, like in a lesson. Um, just obviously depending on what we're working on at that stage. 
Um, but it takes a lot of just, I suppose, being organized on my end as a coach, um, mm. but working with these other coaches. I'm very fortunate to work with some really amazing other people um, that we work really well together. And while we have a very big club and only mainly four of us that coach, uh, getting to know all of the skaters in the classes helps all of us so that if one of us was away one day, the other one can step in and the kids are comfortable with all of us as a coach. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's a little less pressure on me to make sure I have those private lessons one-on-one um, because to fit everybody in for just private lessons would just be near impossible. Mm, mm. Um, it it's just like simply it. not enough time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the focus a lot on, to learn. yeah, you know, learning all the basics and everything we can in these group classes of things that everybody has to learn and then focusing more on the individual choreography of things within their private lessons um, is the way that it works really well for us and the club um, mm. and Harper and all these other children coming through the sport. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. It's great. And is that common or is that unique to the way you and your colleagues operate? Um, I suppose it's not uncommon. Um, Harper and I were at a different rink and a different club um, pre-COVID that worked a little differently. Um, The focus was a little bit more on just private lessons, was changing a little bit towards mainly group lessons, but not by the time uh, you got to like a maybe state level of Mm -hmm. competitive, when you were a state level competitive, it was mainly more just private lessons. and I found that a little challenging to try to fit in all these private lessons when I was felt like I was saying the same stuff all the time Yeah. when I could just teach them in a group and they could have more time with me but share it with other people but still learn the same things. Um, so It's much more efficient, yeah. Yeah, it's not totally uncommon, um, but I suppose it just depends on everybody's personal preference and where they skate at. Um, where we skate now is just the way that works for us and everybody's happy with how it goes. It works for everybody, which I think is obviously encouraging that we're doing the right thing. Yeah. It's working for everybody. The kids are getting the attention they need. They're learning the skills they need. Um, and us as coaches are able to obviously fit all that in and feel like we're doing enough without always feeling like we're quite pressured to fit everything in and get everybody the things they need and the time they need. And then so. inevitably dropping balls you know when when you can't fit it when you can't fit it all exactly yeah yeah and clearly it's working because look at the year that Harper's had yeah very much (laughs) I um I also wanted to take the opportunity while I had a coach to ask a question um well not a question but to raise a subject that a couple of the parents that I've spoken to on the pod have -hmm. talked about and that is the role that parents play in um, in the sporting kind of endeavours of their kids as well. And there's this, I've had two different, it, a lot of the time it's dads that I'll interview. Um, there definitely have been mothers as well, but um, just by nature, if it was spoken to, it's been the dads. And one of them was self-confessed very much the tiger dad, just wants to be totally involved and has really had to, try and take a step back and then the other um a tennis dad was saying that um he really early on identified that he had to be the parent he couldn't be the coach as well and that delineation between the two um is a really important part of um uh ensuring the child's enjoyment as well because they don't feel like then they're disappointing a parent um and also they're not getting two competing sort of types of advice, et cetera. 
What do you say about the role of parents in coaching and and what's the best way that they can work alongside you to be the best support they can be to their child? Personally, for me, the role of the parent very much depends on the type of child. Mm -hmm. So if I have a parent who wants to be heavily involved and, you know, is that type of parent that almost would like like you know can't see that line yeah you know where there's the coach and there's the parent um is you know I try to just obviously give them some advice on what are the things that they can do that is actually really helpful for their child without overstepping that line of their child thinking that their parent is their coach um and vice versa of parents that just you know are happy to leave it to the coach I still want them to have some involvement because this is their child and you know, at the end of the day, they want to support their child. And if that means for them, they want to step away, um, there's still going to be elements where I'm going to keep them involved on, obviously, all the information. I'm going to give them updates on how the child is progressing. Um, with that information, they can take it and just they, they don't need to do anything with it or if they want to have a chat with their child about it um, and things like that, you know, with the parents that want to be heavily involved and, you know, find that find it hard to find that balance of parents and being involved and coaching and stuff just try to do it in a way that um, uh, the things that the child needs to help. So Harper is a great example for this one um, because she has a mother who is very involved and just wants the best things for Harper and wants to help her in any way that she can. But sometimes Harper tells me, like she says to me, like I can't hear it from my mum. I don't want to hear it from her. And I'm like, well, that's okay then. You know, let's mm-hmm. find a way that, you know, we'll make this work because, you know, I for one thing, it's an amazing thing that she's got such a supportive family, you know, but I don't want it to turn against her and her to then find that that's a negative thing mm. and make that one difficult aspect of skating is that, you know, she doesn't want her mother to be her coach. So, you know, finding that balance of that, um, you know, and just using those things and, making sure that on both sides, you know, I say to Harper, for example, you know, make sure that you put it in perspective and know that your mother just wants the best for you, you know, wants you to do well. She just wants to help, you know, and this advice that she's giving you, I know she doesn't know anything about skating, but you can just, you know, say, thanks, mum, for your advice. I'll talk about it with my coach, you know, and that's, you know, how we try to work with that. And then, you know, I'll have a chat to her mum and I'll just say, you know, we're working on this. She's doing well. And, my mum likes to just know these things to help encourage her. So if Harper's had a great day at training, then her mum can talk about it. If she's had a bad day, she knows to just, she knows why she's feeling like that, um, you know, because at the end of the day, I'm not with all of these kids that I coach 24-7 that if they've had a bad day at training, they go home and I suppose it makes the parents job a little bit harder because they don't know how to help them because they don't know what's wrong. And mm. some children don't know how to tell them, oh, I just had a bad day at training today. Oh, I'd say most children don't, you know, yeah. It's, so, it's really, you know, yeah. if there's some even minor form of parent involvement, I think is great at, you know, whatever level will benefit the child. If the child needs more support, then I'm happy to help the parent learn more about the sport so they can talk about that with the child if that's what the child needs. If mm. they are, you know, one that can't hear it from their parent because they're like, no, you have to be my parent. I don't want you to be my coach. <laughs> Yeah, you know, then we talk about it like that as well, and say, you know, these are the things that I think you just need to know that they had a great day, they achieved these goals at skating, or you know, we had a bit of, 
you know, there were some hard things today, so they might be feeling a bit down. Yeah. Then the parent can support them that way, which is just as beneficial in the sport, you know, without having that coaching aspect. Yeah, that's it's really interesting that kind of yeah um, child led approach, and it sounds like it's something that's um, uh, very much a strategic decision um, that you make dependent on yeah the the needs of the child and and the needs of the parents I guess too, and then yeah. trying to balance the two. Yeah, yeah. I know having done because I'm just obsessed with the topic as we spoke about at the the before we started recording about you know keeping girls in sport and overcoming the barriers that um lead to this horrendous dropout rate amongst girls um one of the things is um uniforms and costumes and I know that in dance and gymnastics that can be problematic um because obviously it's you know high cut and all of those kinds of things um harper and and teresa of course as well because you would have seen you know uh, girls struggle with this um is it i guess something you've encountered and i'd be surprised if you haven't um and what do you do to help girls overcome maybe insecurities that that they have about you know wearing those types of uniforms um, so that they don't, I guess, lose a love of the sport. Are there techniques? Are there ways that you can help girls overcome embarrassment and self-consciousness and those kinds of things? I think we're very lucky with our sport that we don't, we have a rules about uh, leotards and costumes and things like that, um, but they're very broad that, for example, if you're if you don't want to wear a skirt, you don't have to wear a skirt. You can wear pants, leggings. Oh, tight. that's great. Yeah, we're very lucky like that. Even in like for training um, at my club now, we let the children train in whatever they want. If they want to wear a leotard with stockings to training, they can. If they want to wear shorts and a crop top, they can. If they want to just wear a T-shirt and shorts, you know, if it's cold and they want to wear long pants, as long as it's not restrictive, you know, nothing's going to get caught. You know, there's a safety aspect, obviously, to make sure. But even in competitions, um, I just find that, I, you know, all of us as coaches just work with the skaters that we see to make them feel as comfortable as they can. Um, and if there's something on a leotard that they don't like, that, you know, the back is too low or they don't like this cut out anywhere, then we go, okay, that's okay, we can change it. Like, you know, yeah. and I think that that's... We're really lucky in our sport that we're not so restricted that everybody has to wear a certain type of leotard. Mm. We can change things to everybody's comfort level um, to hopefully make them feel more confident and less self-conscious. That's great, um, particularly to know that that um, that's not just in lessons. That extends to the the competition side of things yes. as well. That's great. There's obviously a... Um, a certain style that you need to, you want to try to portray obviously it wants to match your routine and you know your music and what you're performing to um but because that a lot of the routines are so individualized for each child it gives us a lot of options to work with uh obviously whoever's making these leotards um to design something that is going to make them perform as well as they can and obviously if you're feeling self-conscious 
and you're uncomfortable and you don't like what you're wearing is not, in my opinion, going to lead to a happy day at a competition. Mm, So, mm, you know, that's one of the, to me, that's a minor change if I had to make from what I see as a coach that I want this overall look for a routine. If I have to just make these adjustments on a leotard to make someone more comfortable, then that's more important. Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah and yeah and credit obviously to your giving sport. you know giving the kids a say in what they want to wear so you know always ask Harper you know what color do you want what style do you like and sometimes we'll sit down together and we'll have a look through pictures and go through things and she'll say yes I like that no I don't like that yes that one's good you know and work like that oh that sounds like a really fun part of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> too many options sometimes <laughs> yeah yeah I can imagine um Harper, I wanted to ask about um, your inspirations. So obviously I imagine that Teresa will be up there because she's clearly very good at what she does and knows a lot and you've been with her for such a long time, followed her from rink to rink as well. Um, But um, outside of, um, you know, your immediate kind of coaching circle and whether they're in skating or not, as far as um, mentors, celebrities or people you know um, that you look to for inspiration as kind of an athlete, who inspires you? Who do you sort of look at and go, oh, I really love what they're they're doing Um, and, you know, they kind of um, help you in your aspirations? Uh, Maybe not one particular person really kind of comes to mind, but, um, Definitely, like, watching, I guess, skaters at a higher level, like, at, like, world competitions and stuff, definitely, like, um, makes me feel like I want to try harder to be like that mm-hmm. um, and kind of makes me want to work harder in training and, like, see results and see improvement as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Love it. And what comes next after? What did you call the Australian New Zealand, the the Australasian Oceania Oceania Oceanas Oceanas? What comes next after that? So I assume you do that next year, and then what comes after? What's the progression? Um, Well, from nationals, um, I think if you win nationals in um, junior or senior international events, so I'll be in junior next year um if you win that then you can go to worlds I'm pretty sure um and then you can choose to go to worlds or I think top five or seven go to Oceanas Mm -hmm. um so that would definitely be a goal for next year or the year after fantastic well definitely be watching on (laughs) um and finally um Teresa I wanted to ask if we've got girls listening, assuming we do, who are maybe getting a bit bored with their sport, looking for something new, or maybe they're young and looking um, to try something for the first time, um, as well as, I guess, a parent who's looking for um, options, all parents, you know, as one myself, are looking for something that will stick with their kid. How would you say, what would you say is the best way to introduce a kid to skating as a sport? To come along to a learn to skate class, I think, is the best way. Um, it takes away the, um, the I don't know what to do because someone is going to be there to help you mm-hmm. um, and to try. I think that's the best way to get involved in skating or just give it a go. 
Um, it can be quite daunting just going by yourself, not knowing what to do. Um, so I think, you know, taking them to a class um, where they can progress at their own level um, and at their own pace, their own way, um, is probably the best way to get into roller skating or just to give it a go um, and definitely have just that kind of laid back approach of it's just we want it to be fun. There is no pressure. We just want everybody out there just to give it a go. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. And I gather most rinks, all rinks offer those. Yeah. Just about. Yeah. I think yeah. you can pretty much type learn to skate classes, like learn to skate roller skate artist or learn to skate roller skating class. Yeah. pretty much into any search and it'll probably pop up with a heap of different uh, locations that offer a learn to skate program. Fantastic. Well, look, thanks, guys. I'm so grateful for the time you've taken and for um, the insights you've given into, um, you know, the the coach-student kind of relationship. I think that's fantastic. And, um, and Harper, um, you know, your... Um, ability to be able to juggle it all, including a job with, you know, training four nights a week for three or four hours and then doing your fitness training as well is just nothing short of inspiring. So um, we'll all be sure to um, keep an eye on you for next year with the state and nationals and hopefully see you getting to world sometime soon. So thanks, guys. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having us.